0: Come and dream with me.
1: Hello, and welcome to Body Water Watch, the Explosion Network's premier video podcast. Every week, we get together to talk about movies, TV, and online content and help you answer the question is six years too short a period from an animated film to live action adaptation? Yes. I'm your host, Ashley Obley, joining me today. Dill Blight. Uh, Yes. Yes, if you don't know what we're talking about, it was announced uh, today at day of recording that they're doing a live action adaptation of Moana, uh, starring The Rock as, as Maui. Um, yeah, rock getting paid, I guess <laughs> you know. It's like, no, this Black Adam stuff—it's not working out. I need to jump back onto something people liked that I did. So. I mean, it's not a terrible idea for a live-action film. It's just yet, yeah, it's just, it just feels too soon. It feels fucking
0: pointless, is what it feels like. You make an animated movie just to make a live-action one straight away. What's the point? What what does this offer that the animated one doesn't? Like, what's the what is it's the real point people? All-
1: I mean, it's it just goes back to you know actual live action being regarded as more important cinema than animated cinema
0: yeah it's just it's weird right? all
1: right on today's episode we'll be discussing watching our watch history uh discussing some breaking news giving some thumbs to some trailers and giving this week's top three uh let's kick things off i went and saw air this is the up uh, the about to be released new ben affleck film uh starring matt damon viola davis Uh, Jason Bateman, Ben Affleck himself, uh, about the how Nike got Michael Jordan to sign with them, (laughs) launching the Air Jordan uh sneaker line. Uh, Matt Damon plays Sonny Vaccaro, who was a shoe, shoe salesman, uh, who whose focus was finding like the right, the like the next uh athlete to sponsor in the basketball division at the time. Nike had like a seventeen percent uh market share in the basketball shoe industry. Uh the whole ind- their whole department was pretty much on the chopping block. Um uh and of course, you know if you know any history, if you watched uh The Last Dance or anything, you know, you know that Michael Jordan signed the deal. So I mean there's that element of suspense is not in there. Um but it is a really interesting story, I think, uh obviously uh about how deals like this kind of get done uh, the courtship uh, of course like Michael Jordan was not interested in signing for Nike at all he was very much wanted to go to Adidas um i think in real life he actually really wanted to go to the Reebok but you know they didn't really make basketball shoes at the time um but yeah just kind of breaking all that down everybody here is doing like a fantastic acting job from um Matt Damon uh, Ben Affleck plays the the CEO of Nike who's a very weird like uh, meditation-focused kind of dude um, Viola Davis is fantastic she's only in it for really a limited time she plays Michael Jordan's mother um, but she's brilliant like as you would expect from some like Viola Davis um, I think my only issue with the movie is they just they don't have an actor playing Michael Jordan they're like this actively, I was confused
0: about yeah, this is yeah a
1: they end up just actively avoiding showing Michael Jordan Like when he's in the room, they'll just show it from behind where he's like in a silhouette in the front. I don't know. It's a weird choice, I think. Um, Whether you know Michael Jordan was like, no, nobody can play me, or like they didn't want they wanted to build him up as like a like this otherworldly figure because obviously they they also use like a bunch of like clips and footage of actual Michael Jordan. So whether they're like, oh, it's it'll be easier if he's not actually in it, and we could just have. The clips like kind of fill in the role, I guess. Or we don't have to match. I guess would be the other thing. We don't have to don't have to like reshoot the clips or anything. Like it just makes it it's is just, just, like, a little bit just, weird.
0: Without it's, having yeah. watched the movie and like based off the trailers and looking for the cast and everything, I was like, okay, so it appears like Michael Jordan isn't in this movie, which is weird because it. I feel like you could still make the movie surely. And not have the focus on him, but still at least having that one core scene with him and signing it. Because surely it feels like it's missing that. Like, where's the scene where he, like, you clearly see him signing it and you don't get to see his face. And you're like, Sign no, you like, signing a deal, you, sort of.
1: I mean, yeah, there's no kind of signing the deal thing, but Viola Davis is very much playing the, mm. the, uh, the yeah, she's the gatekeeper. Like the, she's like yeah. running the show on that side. Um, yeah, I think I think it's, it's a little bit unfortunate, it just plays a little bit weird but, I mean, if that's mm. the biggest scrap I have of the film, I think that's not too much of an issue, considering the focus is really on the Nike side and all the people on that side trying to figure out how to get this deal done. Um, yeah, other shout out to Chris Messina, who plays Michael Jordan's agent and is playing very much the manic angry dude that he we came to know him on the newsroom uh, and has mm. embodied in several roles since, so He's really fantastic. I really enjoyed that. So yeah, yeah, check it out in cinemas this coming Thursday. Or well, I think it might even be coming out Wednesday because of Easter. So, uh, yeah. Is that that's, why Mario is out on Wednesday?
0: I'm pretty sure Easter? that's why.
1: Yeah. Okay. All right. So we also this weekend's watch WrestleMania 39. WrestleMania 39, uh, the massive WWE event uh, that we kind of look forward to each year the big two year, two night events uh main evented by cody rhodes versus roman reigns uh dylan did you watch much of wrestlemania
0: i watched uh most of day one i skipped the what did i skip oh i, I skipped the first match because i was like this is going to be boring um and then i watched the rest of it but i skipped around day two a little bit and oh, so you're, watched... you're
1: at work, so you didn't watch it live, so I'm sure that... Yeah,
0: I didn't watch it live, that was a problem, so I've had to, like, yeah. Um, I watched all of the main event of Day 2, and then I went back and I skipped around a few other bits to get my head around the segments or whatever, And but yeah, that's it. So what what are your thoughts on this year's WrestleMania? Uh, terrible finish. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> not, uh, not a uh, new... Thought obviously, I feel like it's the the thought that's all over the internet. I'm seeing anyone at least on my Twitter that's happy with what happened. Uh, they have obviously they everyone thought Cody was going to re- win because it's it was this WWE won't fuck it up this time. <laughs> they, they'll get it right this time, and then obviously Roman Reigns won. But not only does he win, it's just the dumbest like combination of ref bumps and people running it it's just it's so it's just boring like it's just it just does my head in it's the same roman shit over and
1: over and over it's just so tedious um wow, Dylan you know if Paul Heyman does it it's all shitty but if Don Callis comes out and holds somebody's leg it's all good
0: I mean can, can you what so can you never won never won the same match over and over again with the same bit like there's an element of bad guys do things but like it's the same bit mm. consistently And how many ref, how how many ref bump bits was in WrestleMania? Three, four. Like, come on! It just gets when when you've seen it done. you
1: know
0: when you've seen it done throughout the whole event, and then it's done again in the main event. It's just sort of stupid. Like, if if you want to do the ref bump bit, at least make it so that no one else gets it, and just keep it for the main event. Don't because that's that's sort of. I mean, it's just a case of poor officiating, you know. yeah. Just stay out of the way. I, uh, but yeah, so that match was terrible and that was a horrible decision by whoever made that uh, decision.
1: I'll, I'll object to it being terrible. I think it was a good match. It's just the finish soured everybody. It was okay. Except match. the most right. diehard of Roman Reigns bloodline fans. Oh, right, I'll go back. It was a, it
0: was a normal Roman Reigns match, which was, it was okay. Cool story. And then, uh, the finish was terrible. Ray okay. Ripley's match was fantastic yeah. <laughs> on day one. That was very, very good. That was the best match of the event that I've seen so far. The only other one I want to go back that everyone's raving about is the Gunther match, which um, you, Kieran, and everyone else have seen say is great. So I'll go watch that. What's that for? That was for the, the Intercontinental it's or Intercontinental Championship, yeah. yeah. So I'll go back and watch that because everyone says it's great. Uh, the Bianca match was good. Uh, like... Below match was fine. Yeah. Um. The women's tag match was decent. Um. Like there was there was like decent stuff. The, the Rey Mysterio match was fine. I think it was just it wasn't like the match was whatever. It was just mostly for a like sort of entertainment value.
1: Um. It was a little bit thrown by the fact they had like Cinnamon Crunch ads all over the.
0: Yeah. So that's really annoying. Uh. Yeah. So and then the tag match the main event of day 1 obviously the tag titles very good from a story point and getting what people wanted out of that one for, for for the usos to actually lose uh and it was a it, it was a normal it was a uh, it was a fine match like it was a, it was a 7 out of 10 or whatever like it was a, like the most of it comes from the story beat like the match <laughs> itself was like fine it's fine. I don't know why okay. you can you can have a good story match and not have like the match. That's right. You're
1: AEW like, apologists. Yeah,
0: I am. <laughs> company of the
1: WWE. <laughs>
0: have you heard this <laughs> little event that happened over the weekend called Ring of Honor? on <laughs> up. <laughs>
1: SuperCard? Yeah, did you watch that?
0: Yeah, It was good. It was awesome. Yeah, you see the ladder match. Someone broke no. their
1: fucking leg. <laughs> oh yeah, I heard that. You know, <laughs> did they stop the match? No. Because ain't little bitches. <laughs> well, there were like five other people in the match, so I mean, that <laughs> yeah, makes yeah. a little bit of a difference. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, you know, I thought it was pretty solid, you know. Uh, like you said, I think the Gunther Drew McIntyre uh, Sheamus match was probably the the best match on the card, um, which a lot of people suspected coming in, because obviously the Seamus gunther match at Clash of the Castle was considered by many like match of the year. Uh, so to get a kind of sequel to that was really cool um i think i i didn't like the women's tag match i think you know obviously the ending again i feel like there was a lot of endings that didn't go well uh whether they were trying to protect rumors ronda rousey was injured and whether those like she they played into uh that oh, i'm talking about the four-way uh yeah tag um into protecting her um I think I really enjoyed the Usos, Kevin Owen thing, but that might be just because I'm super invested in that story. Um, the Ray Dom thing was really fun. <laughs> just very amusing entrances as well. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. The Ray yeah I, I did enjoy Dominic coming in with the, the police cars. So. Police cars and everything. Yeah. 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 Even the Purple Mask, I think, throwback to Halloween Havoc or whatever. Yeah. Ray's debut or whatever. Or first title win, I think. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that was all really good. I just, the event was very much held down by a bunch of incredibly obnoxious ads. And um, especially day two was like incredibly dragged out. Like, I don't know whether it was them trying to put that hell in the cell down. It seemed like there was a good 10, 20 minutes of waiting between events or matches or whatever. Um, Yeah, that hell in the cell match I thought was solid, but obviously, through, you know, the pacing was completely thrown off by Finn Balor getting his head completely busted open. Um and the WWE's policy of not showing any blood on TV. Uh they're like let's cut away,
0: let's a <laughs> dancing band and some chocolates, kids.
1: And <laughs> uh, some yeah. um,
0: cereal. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, overall pretty fun. You know, of course it was a bit, you know, the ending soured people because, you know, we all thought this was Koji's moment, but you know, the story goes on. I'll uh, do oh, calm it.
0: down. Triple H puppet.
1: Yep, it's <laughs>
0: doing uh,
1: it. Also, I love the press conferences. I thought they were really fun. You know, you should check out at least Sammy and Kevin Owens talking during their press I conference. I this Sammy is.
0: All he does is eat Snickers the whole thing. Um, the <laughs> uh, the press conference the, that Triple H comment, I think it's a dumb, like really dumb. Uh, here's why. So his his pitch as to why Cody not winning is fine is because the story goes on. Cool, but. And he's implying that people will keep watching no matter what, which I think is just from a point of comfortability. Because if you want to compare WWE to like a a long running TV show, people will stop watching if a major story beat is shit. And like, say it doesn't go the way they want, they'll be like, I'm done with this TV show, and they stop watching it. So to apply that it's perfectly fine because it's not a movie and the story goes on. That's just sort of thinking you're perfectly safe from people not wanting like they'll stay invested no matter what because the story never ends. But that's not actually how that's not how it works. That's that's not real life. That's that's just you, you thinking mm. that you can never lose viewers over doing shitty story decisions.
1: Shitty booking. That's not that's not how it works. I mean Yeah. I know. We all just assumed Cody was going to be the one, but you know maybe they've got somebody else here marked.
0: No, they'll just keep him. They just want to get Roman to his thousand days or whatever. That's true. But all, I feel like they've they and when Cody wins, I'm sure there'll be a bunch of people that will still be happy with it. But it's just but it could have been just it could it's the the moment is lost for a lot of people. I think now, I think a lot of people who. Tuned in for this as the moment, like the the, the balloons now deflated. Like it's only going to be half full. That, like, the, the it's just not going to have the same effect if he wins yeah. at SummerSlam. It's or interesting because
1: I think the last time I actually nailed a main event at WrestleMania would probably be Daniel Bryan. Mm. No, even that they took ages to do. So even that they were like completely painted to a corner. <laughs> yeah. The fans they didn't do by them. No, the fans pushed them to give that. So that and people walking out and yeah you know, yeah people turning on the people yeah yeah so yeah wrestlemania uh also shout out to betson who showed up on screen for like 10 seconds or five seconds
0: yeah. standing yes. on a table or someone's legs or i know he was very high in the back he was very, very high, high yeah. So, yeah make sure he's in shot very smart yeah, yeah. <laughs> very smart
1: that was cool so yeah uh all right speaking of wrestling dylan you watched the first episode of aew all access to get your to fulfill your AEW fanboy heart dream <laughs> stuff?
0: Uh yeah. So AEW All Access is AEW's new like behind the scenes show, reality TV show type thing. Um, it's it's not like taking place week to week live. It's from months ago is where it starts. Basically, starts when the Young Bucks are coming back uh, after their the, the Brawl Out scenario uh and it's also so the, they talk about the brawl out scenario. no well yes and no so it's mentioned but there is very much a like we it's don't like, want to oh, talk we, about it we That's like for a while, thing. For some reason yeah that they 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 hint at it and they, they're coming back and they talk about having it being a stain on their career forever and um yeah like it, it's talked about but not talked about at the same time is the is the thing um you get to see like a moment, there's like lots of subtle stuff. Like they come into the, they come to the show for the first time. They walk up to the the ring where people are practicing. Eddie Kingston's there. He he gets back, up, gets up straight away, hugs them, says it's been, it hasn't felt like home around here since they haven't been here. Like there's a lot of like subtle hints at like people missing them and all this sort of stuff. Uh the other main characters it follows are um, uh, Brit Baker, Adam Cole baby um so adam cole is out with a head injury at the moment um and he's been struggling with that like literally getting dizzy and like he had like several concussions in a row and he's been out for a long time and um he's going to like doctor's appointments and stuff and she's like feeling worried about him and you know this this sort of stuff then you have uh brit is there and she's like talking about being the you know for the long time being the 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 women's champion and like sort of leading the, the division and stuff and there's lots of like no cutting bullshit between her because there's a scene where she's standing there talking with um tony storm uh fucking i can't remember what the f- i don't know i can't remember who else was there anyway she's, they're all standing there talking about how tony at the time was the interim aw's champ and they're pretty much like talking shit on how um thunder rosa is allowed to be out and she's not making any appearances even though she's injured but she's still allowed to have the belt and like they're talking about how it's just not on and it's bullshit that she's the interim and champ and she should be the real champ and like if you watch the show obviously you know eventually tony does become the real champ and then eventually loses the belt but like it's just interesting here there's this this straight up behind the scenes talking shit on thunder rosa and it just being there so (laughs) um that's quite interesting um mjf has attempted to be interviewed at one point and he just tells a cameraman stopping a um shining lights on him and then that's about all we get so, <laughs> so um, he's the only person who obviously just commits and never breaks character in in anything even a show called all access um i think as the show goes forward they're supposed to follow some of the person as well but yeah the first episode was my is mostly young bucks adam cole um oh you do get him talking to what's his fuck as well um owens uh, is is like uh, like talking to him at one stage like where they're like trying to because he's out at the moment as well injured and stuff so uh yeah i feel like if you obviously if you like aw you'll enjoy watching this i felt like it was not paced or put together in a way that felt overly produced which is my which was going to be my worry coming into it it did feel mostly natural i guess for you know for this type of show so uh, yeah i'm definitely going to be watching more it's i uh, also for people who are listening if you do want to watch it it's part of the fight subscriptions that was nice didn't have to like go somewhere else it's just it's there on you if you pay for aw plus
1: on fight it's part of your subscription no oh. found a way to get people to subscribe still to to fight
0: yeah. i'll still yeah. subscribe because it like it's part of ko right or whatever now
1: yeah it's on no, i don't i don't have ko you have binge though do i have ko if i have binge i don't no you don't have binge but the uh, i don't know if it actually i don't no. know if rampage is on or aw stuff's on binge
0: no i don't believe so the think it's just fire and i think it's just ko yeah okay
1: so like i was like i was still subscribed because i had to be i mean if you liked other sports then you would just subscribe to ko but yeah yeah but i don't i just like but you hate everything. other
0: i yeah. hate i hate sport i i i'm only into pro wrestling ash yeah okay
1: uh i guess to conclude this wrestling portion of the show <laughs> i finished watching monster factory of course this is the documentary series on apple tv plus about the monster factory wrestling school uh following a bunch of students as they uh you know attempt to get wrestling contracts um we both talked about the debut episode uh how like this uh the girl notorious and me is about to have her uh wrestling uh WWE tryout uh spoilers that's resolved in the second episode and then we never see connis kind of here again and then it focuses on all the other students um the main thrust of the actual season is like they've uh the main head trainer uh Danny is trying to organize this massive showcase at uh one oh three oh arena or like the old ecw arena um and it's like following all the students as prepared for this big showcase uh events like delving into and then of course like from there delving into different stories of um how they came to want to do wrestling and what all their like troubled backgrounds and that kind of stuff so uh yeah i i really enjoyed it once i like started getting into a few more episodes like i I had to finish binge watch the, the whole thing so uh yeah monster factory definitely worth checking out it doesn't completely res- like it feels like there could be a second season but it also could just that would be it you know um end, I mean, it's, yeah. it's a real school, it so They can they can do yeah, as many
0: seasons as they
1: they can do as many seasons like, as they want but uh yeah there isn't that there isn't it doesn't end with oh here's where everybody is at the end of the season you know this person well, went on to do this, and this person and went to tell on to you, that. The main character yeah. that
0: leaves. <laughs> in position, I mean, yeah, she's really. she's not main she character. She's not there up. anymore.
1: <laughs> she only showed up. She shows off very briefly at different points and is mentioned by different people because you know she's the first female to sign with WWE through through that school or whatever. So yeah, yeah, that's worth checking out. Uh, on Apple TV Plus, also. The Big Door Prize. This is a show that we've been uh, talking about a few times on the podcast uh, from one of the, the writers of Shit's Creek uh, starring Chris O'Dowd in which uh, he plays a teacher in a small town. One night in the local grocery store a morpho machine suddenly appears a, device, a machine that will apparently tell you your life's potential. Uh, nobody knows how it got there or if it's true or not, but everybody kind of goes and uses it and finds out what their own life potential is and kind of everything kind of rolls off from there. Um, Three episodes released to start off with. We've both watched the first three episodes. Uh, I'm enjoying it so far. It's definitely odd. There's a lot of uh, storylines that are like very slowly being... drawn out and like sprinkled in i think uh it's very i think it helps a lot that the first three episodes are released at once because i think it was just the one episode uh it would be a lot harder to get invested or want to uh give the show a chance um i did i was surprised that the chris o'day character like checked their potential so quickly um i thought that might have been a little bit more drawn out but um yeah, I think it's an interesting show that is raising a lot of. It has a lot of interesting ideas and questions it raises, but it hasn't necessarily hit any of them yet. Uh, but Dylan, what are you thinking of, What are your thoughts on the Big Door Prize so far? Uh,
0: not loving it. I feel like it's just weirdly there's something off about it. There's some like the pacing or the just the mix of what it, what it's going for. It just feels, yeah, just something feels off. It doesn't just. just I'm not sure if it's trying to, it should either be a little bit more serious or try and land some more jokes. It just feels like it's a weird middle ground between what it's trying to do. I'm also not really gravitating towards any of the characters. And I mean, I don't really like the Chris O'Dowd character either. Like I haven't three episodes in. Mm. I just don't feel like I'm, I don't dislike or like anyone. That's the problem. That's I feel. fair. I have no strong feelings about any of the characters after those three episodes. And I don't, like, I don't even know if I'll keep watching, to be honest. I've, I'm just very, I don't think it's bad, but I'm just very, like, sort of five out of ten scenario on
1: those on those three episodes. Yeah. Do you think the mystery is enough to get you to keep watching? No, that's a no?
0: problem. I feel like I know, like, the mystery's fine, I guess. Like, it's the, the, the pull you in part, the synopsis, the trailer, what have you. But it's just, if I if I don't care about these characters at all, like, that's the reason you watch anything, like i'm just so i just got nothing from any of them
1: yeah i mean it, it's yeah it's definitely a show that's runs on its uh high concept uh I, again yeah. i don't think the strongest of the, the characters the strongest element of it uh and the chris O'Dowd character comes off a little bit unlikable towards the second half of mm. these first three episodes especially when he's rallying against the morpho machine so ridiculously hard yeah um but yeah i'm intrigued at the very least especially like the kind of ending of the last episode with the the priest uh what's he so upset about you know uh all right so over on holocron entries we've been talking about season two of the bad batch it came to its conclusion uh this past week uh dylan what are your thoughts on the bad batch season two
0: uh, it was a very up-down season, as if you'd listened to our podcast episodes week by week, you would have heard some episodes were good, some episodes were terrible, some episodes were great. Like it was, it was a really just the full spectrum. Um, I feel like it mostly leaned towards either being bad or average, though, which was the problem. My um, major complaint is that there just seemed to be it just seemed so drawn out, a bunch of nothing adventures. But also, not only were they nothing adventures, they just seemed to have no like character development that mattered or like there's nothing happening in them that like the the episode the the monster of the week storyline would be meh and then everything else happening would be inconsequential anyway and i'll be like what was the point of this episode i i I don't get it i was it wasn't fun it didn't give me anything for the characters Uh, yeah so uh really great finale though really fantastic two-part finale so they at least landed the the finish there there and um left in a, a super interesting spot for season 3 so hopefully they can just turn things around coming into the next season.
1: Yeah, I agree. It was a very, you know, drawed out season. I think, you know, if you were to use a word that I dislike, there was a lot of filler. Yeah. Uh so I feel like um, it's justified
0: in this one rare occasion. <laughs> there was a lot of filler for
1: once. Yeah. Mm. Um but when it did hit its stride and had like cool story moments and like things that progress the world of star wars forward it was super enjoyable uh it definitely left itself it like kind of raised itself up to uh high, a high quality in those last couple episodes too. um leave you wanting a season three to come uh soon sooner rather than later uh, and definitely leaving it an interesting point uh yeah If the show explains what happens to the clones, like overall, I think you know it'll be a success. And uh, yeah, I mean it is a it continues to be a solid animated entry in the Star Wars universe. So check out Holocron entries uh, if you want to hear all our thoughts on each episode of the very bad batch. They're kind of entertaining episodes, I think. Uh, Dylan, you over on Prime Video. Uh, you've been checking out the Power, new series starring Tony Collette. Yeah, so I've I've got to watch all of the Power. I think it debuted
0: just as one episode. Yep. Or, yeah, yeah, um, and that's weekly, or maybe it was a couple. No, it was probably three. Actually, it was Prime, so I, I think yeah. they did three and then weekly. Um, but yeah, so the the series basically follows. It's based on a book, uh, and it follows a group of different. Uh, Female characters around the world when this power starts sort of growing within uh it's not uh, it's not all women it's uh, it's like they discovered like an age thing i guess it's like it's mostly young women i guess it's teenage girls teenage girls yeah um this power starts growing with them which enables them to electrocute um out of their body and the the strength and the control that different characters and uh, teenage girls start showing with this varies op- upon person to person. But, um, of course, this starts this massive like change around the, the world with how different countries start reacting to this and what they're going to do about this and whatever else. So um, you have one character, um, Ali, who she's sort of been adopted by this very like Christian family and she uses hers to escape this, this ha- household. And then she ends up being picked up by a group of um, nuns and like we're a bunch of, they're looking after a bunch of other girls and that's where her story sort of takes her. Um, then you have um, the character Roxy, who's sort of this in the UK, she's part of like her dad's a gangster or whatever else. And her, her mum um gets attacked and then she's trying to use, she's like sort of out for revenge so her powers are very much driven by um you know she's got like a dark undersea to her with this violent tendencies and whatever else um none of the characters really interact with one another apart from seeing stuff on the news which is why i feel like the characters you're most people are probably going to gravitate towards is um tony Collects. tony collett who is the not mayor she's like a senator. i don't know she's a some politician i can't remember how what what her role is, but she's some oh senator I think is what it. Is. I think she's like a senator. Um, and then her da- daughter, um, um, I can't fucking find her name. Jos, I think, or something like that. Um, she like it's because you have like a family t- dynamic there because you've also then got um John Luigi Luigiemo have yeah um Liquiama. There we go. Thank John you. Likuyama. Um, oh, no. you, I know. Have without googling yeah. his last name, so <laughs> you Likuzama. know how to. There we, there we go. go um the so you've got like three two big actors there with um, one of the teenage girls being their daughter so their their dynamic definitely feels like the the highlight of the show because you've got like several characters all interacting with each other whereas everyone else sort of starts feeling like i don't know like it's a weird mix where they never get to interact so i don't know if down the line you'll see more characters interact with one another that would be really cool um yeah they also from what i could tell the show definitely doesn't feel like it's trying to rush through the book there seems to they spend a lot of time like they'll spend a whole episode on giving you as much to an event that's happening it never feels like it's rushing than to any one time like even even when um even when like ali runs away from home it doesn't feel like it rushes through that it's so that may annoy some some people like a lot of times it's the show may feel like it's taking its time, but I feel like it's probably for the best. Like it's not trying to stretch this out to getting the most seasons out of it. I just feel like it's trying to to stretch it out to give the characters the the due, the, the time they're sort of due for their stories to to make sense. Is uh, is how I would put that. Um, and then the uh, the other so the one other character is not female that sort of leads it is um fuck I can't remember who it is how you, uh, Toby Jimmo uh, I think that's. <laughs> i'm trying to find yeah um from most people would know from ted lasso where he's like one of the main soccer football players in that um he plays sort of a very happy-go-lucky character in that which is uh which is very funny but in this he's playing like a lot more of a serious role where he plays someone who um he begins going around as a journalist covering the events and he ends up getting caught up in um being in locations where big power changes are happening and shifts of power are happening between the the balance of the mostly sort of um, second, third world country scenarios, not like, not in America, like other places. Um, so that's really interesting. But I, I, I really enjoyed the show. Um, it definitely is like straight up in your face for what it's about. It's not like, you know, it's not trying to hide, like, and do some very nuanced hidden message about like, feminist ideology and the um, the power balance between male and female roles in the world and whatever else like it's very like there but i think that's fine when the, the whole premise of the show is like hey these like powers have been suddenly shown up in these teenage girls maybe it's just balance the world is trying to rebalance itself or you know like something like along mm. those lines is what it's hinted at very early so um if that's going to annoy you i don't know touch grass or something but the, <laughs> the, the uh yeah otherwise i've I, I very 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 much enjoyed it
1: so all right cool uh so you got around to watching beast the is elba versus a lion movie
0: yeah, i didn't like this movie
1: did you Ooh. watch this in the cinema i can't yeah, watch the cinema Although i did not like it B movie
0: oh fucking the worst characters when <laughs> I those girls deserve to die. I tell you like I'm I'm 15 20 minutes of okay, this movie yeah. and I'm just like just they should die. Like just the it just Elvis just like stay in the car. They'll be like what was that?
1: <laughs> what <is it?" laughs> like
0: you motherfuckers like the worst it's like watching it's like watching a jaws where they're like this is the like boat. anybody
1: in any movie
0: in <laughs> horror movie why are you picking on these little girls because it's it does happen in horror movies but it's usually like one character who dies at the start of the movie <laughs> so, or like it's one character out of a group and you're like you dumb motherfucker but it's like every character in this whole movie consistently makes dumb decision after dumb decision to the point it just got frustrating like it was so many dumb decisions. It was just sort of unbelievable and and stupid. So, um, no, I, I don't rate this. how <laughs> so I would say for this. Alright.
1: Uh, and then you also watch Jacob's Ladder. Yeah, so I've I've watched this one before.
0: I just rewatched it because I got sent the for uh the the Blu-ray release done by Imprint, which has a bunch of new special features on it. A bunch of special features that are really really interesting. Some uh, video essays done by people about the film, specifically for this Blu-ray release, which I think is cool. Uh, but yeah, Jacob's Ladder is a really interesting movie. It sits in a weird point, I guess, in film history. Some people love it. It's like considered like a cult classic uh, of people. Like in, in, in uh, At its time when it's released the reviews were very mixed and stuff like that. But it's just yeah, it's hard to talk about without spoiling, but it's at the time it was marketed, I guess, as a more horror movie, like psychological horror movie, which it is to a, to a degree. But I think in history, it's now been slotted a lot more into like a psychological war horror movie, which is is the thing. So it stars this character, um, Tim um, fucking what's his last name? Robbins, Tim Robbins as Jason, who the movie starts and he's in Vietnam. And then, like, there's this whole attack that happens, and then it skips forward in time, and now he's in New York City after coming back from the war, and he starts seeing all this weird stuff like demons in cars and like just lots of weird stuff happening and then it's this it goes down a road of like okay is this like PTSD is this uh like weird experiment the army did on him is this like it starts going down all these different routes and the payoff will work for some people it works for me i think it's like very very interesting Some people I know, and if you ever Google the movie and its ending and stuff like that, you'll see people also put this on a list of like worst movie endings of all time because it doesn't work for a lot of people. But yeah, um, interesting, interesting movie, well worth watching. Uh, The Blu-ray release, I think, just came out last week. Uh, So if you want to pick that up, I would suggest it for, yeah, because it has a lot of really good special features on it. A lot of original
1: stuff only made for this release. Awesome. All right. That's everything I watched history. Let's move into some film news. And it's been a day with a lot of announcements. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, might as well just kick the wrestling one out. news story out of the way first. Uh, it's been announced that WWE and UFC are set to merge under UFC's uh, umbrella company Endeavor. Reading from Hollywood reporter, Endeavor Group Holdings and Sports Entertainment Powerhouse, WWE, made things official on Monday, unveiling a definitive agreement to form a new publicly listed company consisted of two iconic complementary global sports and entertainment brands, UFC and WWE. Endeavor will hold a 51% controlling interest in the new company while existing WWE shareholders hold owning a 49% interest. The new company will be led by Endeavor CEO Ari Emanuel, a CEO who will continue in the same role at the remaining Ende- Endeavor business, which includes talent agency, WME, and the likes of IMG. Uh, WWE executive chairman and majority shareholder Vince McMahon will serve as executive chairman of the newly created firm, while Mark Shapiro uh, will be president and chief executive officer of Endeavor and the new company. Uh, Dana White will continue his role as president of UFC, with WWE CEO Nick Khan holding the same president title as White, but at WWE. Uh, Dylan, what do you think? Uh I think we previously talked about WWE being up for sale, but uh Yeah. Yeah, WWE joining forces with UFC.
0: Yeah, it adds up. I feel like Dana White would make a good companion for Vince McMahon and Co. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean this is probably one of the better options that was on the table. For- oh, it's better than better that than is. Yeah, better than the Saudis buying the company. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's people will talk about cross merger, like cross synergy stuff going forwards. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I saw Conor McGregor, McGregor already tweeted
0: about wanting to win the fucking WWE belt and shit now. So, yeah, sure
1: or not? Yeah, have like a shoot title or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> They
0: tried that uh, once. <laughs> it's, yeah,
1: yeah, they did. You know. And then the most random person, like one yeah. from memory. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's good. It's been confirmed. It's a little disheartening that I mean, Vince McMahon's going to be on the board and still heavily involved. Uh, he, he pretty. He came out with an interview this week where he says, I've lo- made a lot of mistakes, but uh, uh, I've owned up to him and accepted my responsibility. It's like, mm, I don't believe you. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm that's sure the thing that's still going. Did.
0: I'm pretty sure he just said, I've got to step away, disappeared for a few months and now's just crept back with his little mustache. With the mustache. And it's <laughs> like, yeah, I've made up for my mistakes. Like, when? How? Show me that. He's like, yeah. Like, you know, I was at home alone one night and I said, sorry out loud. So like all is forgiven. Like, yeah.
1: <laughs> so. so yeah, I mean, this is going to be a massive deal. I mean, it, you know, Obviously, WWE have weekly events. UFC has weekly events. I mean, it it all kind of adds up, you know. So, uh, yeah, this is a potentially massive change to the sports entertainment, you know, world. (laughs) Uh, All right. Um, What story are we going to cover next? Uh, This is a weird breaking one. So, on top of the Moana news that broke earlier today, uh, reports are that HBO is closing in on a deal for a Harry Potter TV series based on the best-selling young adult children's books, both cable and streaming. Uh, each season of the series will be based on one of J.K. Rowling's seven books, said the person who was asked not to be identified since the deal has not been announced, suggesting years of fresh TV fare from the popular stories. Dylan, of course, we're very much against J.K. Rowling. Um, and, you know, the Harry Potter franchise as a whole has been underperforming uh, in at least the film and tv space with the fantastic beast movies um it seems like a weird choice to reboot this series uh, especially with the films that are so beloved uh but it could be just be a case of they need more harry potter content so why not
0: yeah so why not go
1: to the one sure thing
0: they were always going to do this probably years down the line i think this was always mm. this was always going to happen eventually I think it's happened now because Fantastic Beasts is just did not do shit like that. They expected that franchise to 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 be seven movies, massive like continuation. They would get they would get a good run out of that. But Fantastic Beasts has just mm. no no one cares about that, right? So yeah, they're like, what can we do? What can we do? Straight back to the world. Let's reboot. <laughs> let's let's, <laughs> let's let's just go back. Let's re, let's re- remake the whole thing um but yeah i just don't i don't know who's going to care honestly i know we can you know everyone will be like yeah yeah like people do care and all that sort of stuff like we saw what happened with the harry potter game but it it's this weird thing where you see these stats like oh it's like that game did very well on twitch and whatever else but then people put out these reports where the numbers dived off like so hard like no one stuck around sort of thing um JK that story of the other day saying JK profits down like 70 odd percent and not, whatever else. So like as much as people like to pretend that no one cares, no one's making like all these, all of her turf stuff is making no difference to her image, to the franchise as a whole. I think, I think the, the numbers are there saying otherwise, like there's a loud proportion of people who are, you know, trying to fight back against it and say otherwise, but yeah. So I, I don't know. I, this is a desperate move via Warner Brothers because they they they've got this massive franchise and they they in a not, in a, in a different world this would be I guess somewhat exciting news and whatever else but yeah I
1: personally obviously don't give a shit <laughs> yeah uh yeah it's an interesting choice uh <laughs> um I can understand why they might be going leaning in this direction especially with the video game unfortunately being very successful uh they're like oh people are interested in this but yeah um yeah just the the timing of this with obviously jk rowling continuing to be a shit person um and just generally the idea of rebooting it being very well not well received uh i've seen a lot of people like saying oh wow they're really running out of ideas if they're going to reboot uh this book series um i mean yeah like you said in another world we would be excited about the idea of them expanding on this world and uh kind of taking their time to explore everything but uh just the interest in the series has diminished uh for a lot of people um and yeah it, it's it's going to be a tough uh tough to compete against the movies that people hold with such nostalgia um apparently joe k rowling is going to have uh inputs but is not going to be show running the show so uh that's if it still goes ahead, because, you know, the reaction around this, we'll see how this goes. Uh, the other news story that broke as we were about to start recording, uh, Michael Mann's Eyeing Heat 2 as next film with Warner Brothers in negotiation with director with director to board sequel. It's been nearly three decades since Michael Mann's crime classic Heat hit theaters via Warner Brothers, and it now feels like Man and the Studio are finally feeling more heat around the corner for a sequel. While while rumors have been swelling for weeks, Deadline is hearing that uh, Warner Brothers is now in negotiations to come on to develop Heat 2, a sequel to the 1995 classic that Mann recently turned into a novel. The book was published in August, become a number one New York Times bestseller. On top of Warner Brothers, in talks to return, insiders add that Adam Driver, who recently starred in Man's Ferrari, is in discussions with man to play young Neil McCauley in the movie. Uh, Dylan, do you... What are your thoughts on the Heat Two? So Have you when they, read the
0: when book? they, no. So I, I've, it's been on my list of things I'd like to because I remember when he announced it last year, I think or whenever it was. I think it was actually only announced last year, and then like a month or so later, they were like the book's out or like it was a very yeah. short sort sort of tournament. I remember when he announced, it, I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, yeah, he probably no one would probably greenlight a Heat Two or like as a movie, it probably wouldn't work because like the actors are too old and stuff. So a novel sort of made sense, and it's been yeah. on my list list of things that I wanted to get around to especially because it was michael mann actually doing it not someone else trying to like just do a sequel book for some weird reason so um yeah i definitely want to i still check out the book um yeah i mean it's hard not it's hard not to be somewhat excited because at least as far as i've seen everyone the word on the book the the novel was it was good um that's why i haven't kicked it off my list of things i want to get to and heat is you know this fantastic, one of the all-time great crime movies, crime thriller mo- uh, movies. Adam Driver's a fucking phenomenal actor when he's in the right thing. So I don't know. It's a lot of lot of tick in the right boxes. Michael Mann returning to direct, not some random person. I, Yeah, I guess I, I, I'm not against it. I'm not against
1: that at all. All right. Uh, yeah, I mean, it all sounds good on paper. You know, uh, maybe this will be the thing that makes me watch it. Uh <laughs> we'll see. Um but yeah, I mean that's cool. Obviously the book, novel has been a massive success. I mean it's it makes sense. Um yeah, I, I think you know it'd, it'd be crazy not to, you know, green light it. I think. I, I think it's a guaranteed success. Unless Michael Man drops both <laughs>
0: I, know, I just don't know. Like Heat resonates to me. You haven't watched Heat. I don't
1: know. Like who the fuck is it? Like, because is it going to disappoint? Because it probably will not involve Al Pacino and Robert De Niro.
0: No, they should not be involved.
1: Yeah, they shouldn't. They
0: shouldn't be involved. That's fine. It should just be Michael Mann making another really great movie with the same characters because it's got those prequel. Yeah. Pre, so like, yeah, that's all it has to be. All right. For people who don't but, know, Heat, he, by the way, <laughs> people don't know about spoiling the movie, Heat's about a cop trying to track down a, a group of, um, like, a, a, a crime syndicate, I guess, that's robbed by, okay. um, so Al Pacino plays the cop and Robert De Niro plays the, the like, the leader of the, the group. And mm. at the time when it came out, it has one of the greatest, like, heist scenes ever in it. And it's also well-known because it has these phenomenal performances between Pacino and De Niro just, like, playing off one another at a time. But all in all, it's a fantastic movie with a lot of great people. Val Kilm is in it. It's one of his greatest roles. Like, it's just, it's a really well-done crime movie. Um, yeah, w- would would Heat as a name resonate for audiences now? No. But, like, I don't, like, could you market it to did, did, would,
1: did, did we think Top Gun was
0: going to resonate? <laughs> No, but they did a really good job. Tom Tom Cruise went around to every person's house and said, watch my fucking movie. So, I... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah,
1: it was really weird when he knocked on my door, but yeah. I went to see it. So. Yeah, it worked. Whatever it takes. Uh, actually, it's not true. There was one more story that came out right before we started recording. Uh, reading from Variety, a new Game of Thrones prequel about Aegon, the first Targaryen's conquest of Westeros is being actively discussed at HBO. Variety has learned exclusively from sources. As the project is in very early stages, no writer is currently attached, though sources say the search is underway at HBO as HBO is keen to move forward and get into development. Sources also say they may be a feature component to the project, i.e. HBO and all others would produce a feature film that would lead into the potential sequel series through plans, though plans remain in flux at present. Uh, The show would tell the story of Aegon and his sister-wives Visenya and Rhaenerys, uh, use their how they used their army and their three dragons to conquer six of the seven kingdoms of Westeros, with the exception of Dawn. In doing so, Aegon became the first king of Westeros, the the first to sit on the Iron Throne, and the founder of the Targaryen dynasty. Those events took place approximately 300 years prior to the events of Game of Thrones. Uh, Dylan, does this make... Is this a series that makes sense for the Game of Thrones franchise?
0: Uh, yeah, I don't care... Personally, to have this be the next game of friends, like it's not like I'm against more game of friends spin offs. I just think having two Targaryen shows or like projects, yeah. or at the same time or crossing over, or yeah, that's that's a little bit too much for me. Um, go back to this, do another game of friends spin off, sure. There's like there's a, a deep well of lore and world there to explore, and given how good House of Dragon has proven that you know the. The faults of those last couple of seasons isn't uh isn't sticking around as long as you get the right people in charge of the show and you know, change up the showrunners and whatever else. Continue to make spin-offs, that's fine. Just this this gets a no from me.
1: Uh no, I'm a little bit more optimistic. I think it just depends on how you frame it. Are you framing it that Aegon's the good guy or the or the bad guy trying to take over everybody's the colonists, you know? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think it would be interesting to see what perspective they kind of go on it. That would be the major thing and obviously uh, I mean, it will also be interesting because it will be the heyday of the dragons where the dragons were like mm. all massive and big, so uh, also the idea of a feature film is interesting uh, if, it was, if it
0: was a film, I think that's that makes the idea better than I would be okay if it's a film, not a show
1: Yeah, I think yeah, well I mean, I think they would, if they're going the film route, I think they're just trying and make as good a film as possible. And then, you know, if it makes sense to do a series afterwards, you know, people will be on board to go with it after that. But um, yeah, not surprising that would want to, you know, continue to milk the Game of Thrones franchise for all it's worth. Mm-hmm. Um But obviously they do have an element of quality control, seeing as they already cancelled at least one project for, that they threw many millions of dollars at. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. They're not just doing these things on a whim. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, other interesting news this week. Uh, it's now been five years since the X-Files wrapped up. It's unexpected 10th and 11th seasons, but where did the franchise go from here? Last we heard in 2020, the franchise Next Evolution would be would come through the X-Files Albuquerque, an animated spin-off project, uh, that the X-Files creator, Chris Carter, was attached to produce for Fox. Apparently, that's been cancelled, uh, but reports of a new X-Files uh, iteration uh, from Ryan Coogler, the creator uh, director of Creed and Black Panther, has uh, been brought up by Carter in interviews. Uh, Carter, during a conversation that was uploaded this week, I just spoke to a young man, Ryan Coogler, who's going to remount the X-Files with a first cast. He's got his work cut for him because we covered so much territory. Uh, Dylan, what are your feelings on the X-Files? Would you be keen for a Ryan Coogler reboot, revamp, continuation?
0: Uh, yeah, Whatever.
1: I mean, <laughs>
0: it's, so I assume if he's coming in, it's not bringing back Scully or Mulder. No, it I would think be that's safe. Well, new...
1: unless he's doing the, the Creed thing. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, I mean, they already rebooted it like three, four years ago, and they brought it back, and they did like a mm. series or two. I can't remember how long it went for. Yeah, um, It was a continuation. Though. It was a continuation, and that was fine. Um, I didn't think it was good. I didn't think it was bad. I just felt like it was fairly mediocre. Um, yeah, so X-Files with Brian Coogler, if it was new characters just building upon like the same organization, and with the general gist of the show being, you know, uh, overarching story but every episode obviously it's a new case and whatever else i feel like that's a good idea i don't know my only problem is can he commit <laughs> like like what's the like are you just shining on uh direct the first episode you're exactly producer, and you disappear and like like how how heavy does someone like ryan kugler's hand go into uh, something like the x-files so
1: yeah Especially when he is working on, I want to say a Wakanda show, at least yeah. at, on for Disney Plus, uh, and a, another Marvel project. I want to think, I think yeah. off the top of my head. Uh, so yeah, it depends on how you know how much he's spreading himself.
0: Yeah. But, yeah.
1: Uh, but yeah, I mean, if it could be very interesting. I mean, uh, yeah, I think it'd be interesting to bring x-files into more of a modern day setting where conspiracy theories and aliens are like still very much or crazy phenomena are still very much you know a thing that people talk about and uh how do you how would you do an x-files i guess today with camera phones and and internet and all that sort of stuff very interesting but yeah i'd be keen i was never a big x-files person so uh We'll see. <laughs> yeah, it's just a weird headline, to, and a weird thing to mention in like a passing moment in the interview, and like to describe Ryan Coogler in that way. This young man, Ryan Coogler. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of him? Uh, just nonchalant, very weird. Uh, the other other big story that this week that got a lot of attention: uh, *Sex Bomb* is ready to rock once more with Netflix ordering a *Scott Pilgrim* anime series that will bring back the cast of the cult 2010 film scott pilgrim best of the world um michael serra mary elizabeth winstead uh satara baba kieran culkin chris evans anna kendrick brie larson Allison pill Aubrey plaza brandon routh J- jason schwartzman johnny simmons mark webber may whitman ellen wong are all attached uh scott pilgrim began life as a graphic novel series from writer and artist brian lee o'malley uh published by only press in six volumes from 20 20- 2004 to 2000 2000- Ten uh, and focused on Scott Pilgrim, a slacker and member of the garage band Sex bob uh, Of course, it was directed by Edgar Wright, who directed Scott, the 2010 Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, which told the story of Scott Pilgrim facing off against the seven previous exes of uh, Ramon Flowers. Though Scott Pilgrim vs. the World failed at the box office, it became a cult hit. Uh, Dylan, what are your thoughts on an animated version of Scott Pilgrim vs. the World? Uh, I think it's very funny that this new story came out last week and then we got Moana this morning. But
0: they're sort of going the the, the opposite, kind of reverse, right? yeah, yeah, reverse of that. So the only thing I I'm confused about is, so are they just are they saying it's they're adapting the movie or are they adapting the the graphic novels? There's with the voice cast nothing
1: specific, yeah, but I suspect there'll be it'll be a bit of both, yeah.
0: Because I only say as you know, so I've watched a movie, I've read the books.
1: There is key differences this well if it they're saying, saying it's a series yeah so there's going to be multiple episodes so in theory this is going to be longer than the film yeah so like maybe, i suspect yeah. they would be adapting in a different way yeah yeah
0: yeah so i'm i'm, I'm down obviously scott pilgrim loved the i love the the books i love the the movie I'm it's this, the voice cast there's no reason to change i feel like they all were or the cast in this and they'll be voice cast now, but the cast was all fantastic. Uh, well suited for the, the, the particular roles that they were bringing. So yeah, why not? Fuck it. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know.
1: This, yeah. This didn't come out six years ago, at least. <laughs> no. Yeah. This is what 12 years ago. 13. Yeah. 13. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm really excited. Uh, you know, anybody who loved that film was very amped about this news. Um, uh, only in, in, I'd be interested to see what they're adapting. If this is going to be a little bit more stretched out, uh, the animation style who's behind it, and that kind of stuff, I think is important. Like, is it going to look like that animated short that they also released at the time? Do you ever see that? Mm-hmm. Uh, like telling the story of how he started dating Alison Pill's character. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, other than that, you know, I'm I'm keen. You know, of course, all the voice, all the actors were perfect at the time. They're all probably much more expensive now. <laughs> it would be the main, the big thing. They all most of them went on to be pretty big stars. Um. So yeah, I, I'm definitely keen and excited. I think, I think also this series uh being made after the the graphic novels have been completed gives them opportunity to tell the love story at the core of it differently, where in the movie it was definitely centered as if Scott was going to end up with knives and now they can like tell the story as if he was always going to end up with Ramona, you know? So, uh, as also, as people have pointed out, there was a, like these kind of weird elements of that, the, the original film, uh, that hopefully they kind of address like particularly Scott trying to hit it, dating a 17 year old <laughs> as a 23 year old. So, um, yeah. That's a very exciting news. Uh, they said, I think Edgar Wright said it's coming imminently, so hopefully sometime this year. Uh, but yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, a little bit more serious news. The Writers Guild is taking its first steps towards a potential industry strike. Uh, the union has set a strike authorization vote with online polls opening April 11th. On uh, closing April 17th, the Guild announced to members on Monday, while a strike authorization vote does not ensure a rider's strike will occur, it does gauge members' willingness to cease work if the union deems a strike necessary. If a large portion of the members support a presidential strike, that could improve riders' leverage in the ongoing talks with the studios and streamers. As such, the v- Guild was widely expected to call the vote at some point during a round of negotiations that many members consider pitiful, pivotal for shoring up the put- future of their profession. Um A strike could only begin after the writers' contracts with the studios and streamers expires on the 1st of May. The WGA has struck six times in its history and is generally considered the industry union that is most willing to walk in negotiations with employers. As such, rumours have been swelling in the industry for months that due to major changes that writers are seeking to implement this year, they will strike this spring. Uh... So, in the writer's last strike occurred 2007-2008 uh, amid a heated battle with studios over new media, which then meant distribution over the internet iPods and cell phones. Lasting 100 days, the work stoppage cost the California economy at an estimated $2.1 billion uh, and took a toll on the co- writer's compensation overall deals and industry relationships. At the same time, many writers believed it was a crucial battle that gave WGA members uh, an early foothold in new media platforms, which later contractually came to include streaming on video demand, uh, whether this year's negotiations will produce such an impasse remains unclear. This time around, the guild is fighting first and foremost to significantly boost writers' compensation in a streaming-dominated era through higher wage floors, regulation of so-called mini rooms, and standardizing 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 compensation for screenwriting through theatrical and streaming distribution platforms among other points dylan do you think we're going to get a writer strike timeline this year
0: (laughs) i mean it sounds like
1: (laughs) i mean there's been rumblings for several months so
0: i feel like it makes sense to be honest when you think about the the like what sparked the last one and and the the way that the world's changed now with streaming services and that sort of stuff uh, and the way media is produced differently um yeah i mean yeah let's say yes <laughs> to, to <laughs>
1: get it down shortly yeah uh yeah I, th- I think it wouldn't surprise me um especially with you know you know unless the studios just give in and like accept you know um <sighs> Do you remember the the 2000, 2008 Rider strike? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It yeah I of... remember
0: reading about it um all time like picking up magazines and like they were covering it and reading about it a little bit online. Not as much as would have now, but yeah, I definitely remember like reading like reading about it and reading how much it was going to affect the industry and how. Um, you'd, you'd read about movies being shut down or, like, take these massive pauses and, you know, even even nowadays you read stories about stuff I didn't even know that movies, what movies and how those movies got affected. Cause yeah,
1: what, like, I think one that was very significantly affected was, like, Quantum of Solace where, like... Yeah. That was one that, like, they were trying to get out uh, they were, and they to were, the point where the the director and Daniel Craig were the only ones who could, like, type were, the script or they were writing. things. Yeah, they
0: were changing things because no one else could legally do anything and then you got that movie which was shit
1: <laughs> yeah uh and then like a bunch of shows like obviously got significantly affected shut down. Uh, yeah i think there was that season of friday night lights that was like really weird and they just never addressed it like <laughs> there's let's just jump forward and let's forget all the stuff we were doing so um yeah it'll be interesting to see how this plays out i it'll be I don't think it will affect like the entertainment industry necessarily in the same way because uh, I feel like a lot of stuff is banked up uh, and that kind of stuff. And obviously, it was more affecting network television at the time that like needed writers to be writing stuff for stuff that needed to go to air so quickly. So, uh, yeah, and it feels like obviously the last couple of years have seen some massive changes. I feel like the sudden drop on uh, from like not releasing theaters like obviously the warner brothers but like everything's coming to w hbo max day one uh that might have been kind of, less, sort of a lot of uh wanting changes to the competition compensation and that kind of stuff uh and you know uh royalties not being the same as it once was uh and that kind of stuff so yeah that's a very serious part of the industry that will be interested to see how that plays out in the coming weeks uh last couple of interesting stories uh street fighter apparently might be coming back to film and tv after legendary acquired the rights to the classic beat-em-up game uh the studio will work with the video company capcom on future projects street fighter is one of the most enjoying fighting video game franchises of all time began life with the 1987 arcade game street fighter and hit a high watermark with street fighter 2 the 1991 game that spawned countless special editions and remakes in all, franchises made 49 million units worldwide. With a new installment, Street Fighter 6, due out June 2nd, is known for characters such as Ryu, Ken, Chun-Li, Guile, and M. Bison, each of whom have various moves uh, that make them memorable. Hollywood has made moves on Street Fighter in the past, with the Universal releasing an ill-fated 1994 film that starred John Cold Van Dam as Cole Guile, uh, and featured a cast star including Colin Minogue, Ming-Na Wen, and the late Brol Julia. Um, more than a decade later, 20th Century Fox released Street Fighter, the London of Chun-Li, which starred Kristen Crook in the entire role. Like his predecessor, it was a commercial and critical bomb. Assortment of animated adaptations have also made their way to the screen. Dylan, could a Street Fighter film or TV series work in 2023?
0: I mean, they're trying to do um, Mortal Kombat movie. and that Well, they, they are doing a sequel, I believe, yes. right? That was confirmed, so... The first one was successful enough, so yes, mm-hmm. uh, I I would say if they were going to try and do anything, you would try and do a TV show, not a movie, because I feel like then if you are trying to compete with the Mortal Kombat, you are just like you are going to bring both down at the same time, sort of thing. Whereas if you want to do a TV show, at least just sort of sitting in your own medium and you don't really have a sim- similarities there. Whereas I can see for people who don't play the games or whatever, you can see the scenario happening where my mum's like. Well, oh, we've already watched that one, right? I'm like, no, that was Mortal Kombat. This is Street Fighter, you know, like it's a yeah. that yeah. sort of scenario. Yeah,
1: yeah. I don't, as someone who knows very little about the plot of Street Fighter, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I think a TV series would make more sense. But you know, if they want to go the film route, I mean, have a coherent plot. I guess focus <laughs> on whatever characters. I don't know. Yeah. It's an interesting one because obviously on the success of you know uh, on the success, from the success of uh, the Last of Us and yeah. the Sonic games and uh, Sonic movies and that kind of stuff was greenlighting everything. Video games, the the curse is broken. Let's make them all. So hmm. yeah, it's interesting. Uh, final news story for this week is a feel good story make that marmalade sandwich long awaited movie three called Paddington in Peru is on course to start production on July 24th We can reveal it's been six years since the second film in the franchise of the brown is keeping plot details for the third installment under his famous red hat for now as the title suggests the movie will see Paddington getting into sticky situations in deepest darkest Peru his country of birth uh, yeah Dylan are you excited for Paddington in Peru
0: Of course. The only thing I have is who's directing it.
1: It is not Paul King.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So that's my Uh, one way.
1: It is music video and commercials director Dougal Wilson is making his feature debut.
0: Yeah. Well, I have nothing like against that person, but I don't know that person. (laughs) 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 And uh, the first two movies, a lot of the stylistic choices and the reason those movies are sort of as magical as they are. That all comes from Paul King. So. I mean,
1: he's producing and I believe he'll be involved in the story, but yeah. yeah. I mean.
0: So that that's my only thing.
1: That's my only worry I'd have going in. Uh, also, they better have Florence Pugh in this movie. Yeah. yeah. That's the Now's now the, the time. Quest. At least a cameo. <laughs> At least. Just owns a marvel. She plays Patrick, herself maybe. and meets
0: Paddington. <laughs> yes that would be the dream oh, scenario yeah that's she's not playing character yet uh
1: all right let's give some time to some trailers of course you can find all the trailers we're about to talk about in today's episode in the show notes below uh first off we've got elemental directed by peter son starring uh Leah lewis Mamadou atti ronnie de carmen omi wendy McClendon covey katherine o'hara mason wetimer uh, Joe Perra and Matt Yang King in a sea where fire, water, land and air residents live together. A fiery young woman and a go-with-the-flow guy discover something elemental. How much they actually have in common. Dylan, what do you think of the trailer for the latest Pixar film, Elemental, and why do you hate it so much?
0: I'll okay, double thumbs up on this one. I quite ah! enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> I um I enjoyed this. I thought the world looked cool and everything. I feel like the 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 movies I like is that they just have to be set in a city with like non-human characters. Non-humans, yeah. Then I'm in, you know. So yeah, I mean, obviously it's got this very Romeo Juliet forbidden love sort of scenario (laughs) going about it, which is fine. But yeah, all the characters, I like all the designs and the different weird little interactions. The old old mate like having the the what's he have at the moment? He tries to eat something hot. Like I can't remember. Whatever it is, he tries to eat it hot, and then he just like bursts out the entire bubble.
1: It, it just looks like like molten lava. Molten lava, but yeah.
0: So that was that's a good bit. Um, yeah, no, I'll go double thumbs up. Look like fu- fun time.
1: Yeah, this is double thumbs up for me. Obviously, this is our first like extensive look at this uh, new Pixar film. Um, so yeah, it looks really good. Um yeah just yeah like you said like the world uh just the little snippets we get to look at it like the little earth creatures like picking apples off each other that was weird uh it's definitely some sexual innuendo <laughs> uh even just the weird like them walking through fences like why do we even have this <laughs> uh, they don't stopping anybody um and all these water people like throw like water and air people like wearing clothes when they don't just seem to be discarded at the slightest inconvenience very amusing so yeah uh yeah i'm definitely keen to check this out uh double thumbs up from me so this is releasing in cinemas on the 15th of june next trailer hypnotic directed by robert rodriguez starring ben affleck alice braga jd pardo hala finley uh deo okany uh jeff fahey jackie Earl haley and william fitchner when an detective learns that his missing daughter and a string of high-profile bank robberies might be connected, he goes on a mind-bending journey to find his daughter and stop the secret government agency behind the madness. Dylan, what are your thoughts on the trailer for Robert Rodriguez's latest film?
0: Yeah, I'll go double thumbs up on this one as well. I I like Rodriguez's wild style, but I'm loving Willem Fitchner getting like a full-on leading villain role in this when he's usually the, the co-star or the... The second in charge. He's a a sub the sub villain. He's the yeah. He's always like the sub villain. So I'm, I think that's really cool. Uh, but yeah, it looks like a. I mean, obviously, it just looks like a weird combination of uh, a spy thriller, inception thing that's going on that sequence. Obviously, where Ben Affleck's like racing down on the bike and the buildings are bending up and whatever else because he's been hypnotized to that point. It's a wild concept, but I can buy in. I- I'm down.
1: Uh, yeah, I think. I'm going to give double thumbs up as well. I think it's a weird, an interesting concept. It's like a weird, uh, I don't know. Inception-esque. It's exception, except they're awake. Uh, <laughs> where well, you're implanting ideas in people's heads and they, they follow through. Um, and yeah, I mean, Ben Affleck, he's having a comeback year, you know, he's in all of stuff. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it looks kind of very interesting. So big ideas, uh, it's cool to see William Fisher in like a leading role, like you said. Um, although the opening, I'm like, oh, he lost his, he kept his eyes off his daughter for a second. It's, she disappeared. It's like, man, this is giving me heavy rain vibes. Uh, you know, where's a button to call out for your child? Um, yeah. <laughs> all right, uh, all right. So this is coming to cinemas in America on the 12th of May. There is currently no Australian release date. Next trailer, White House Plumbers, uh, created by Alex Gregory and Peter Huck, uh, starring Woody Harrelson, Justin Thoreau, Domal Gleason, Lena Headey, Kenan Shipka, Ike Baronholtz, Yul Vackles, uh David Crumholtz, Rich Summer, uh, Kim Coates, Liam James, Kathleen Turner, and Judy Greer. Watergate masterminds and President Richard Nixon's political operatives E. Howard Hunt and G. Gordon Liddy. Part of the White House plumbers charged with plugging press leaks by any means necessary accidentally overturned the presidency when they were trying to protect. Dylan, what do you think of this trailer for White House plumbers? Yeah, I don't know too
0: much about the, the, these particular people, I guess, which is the, like, I know the story of the Watergate, I guess, but I don't know too much about the head people behind it, which I guess this is the, core focus of this um looks really great it looks like a high quality hbo series bunch of really great actors from woody house and to justin Thoreau and Lita heady and everyone else that's involved so um um fucking what's him called elf is in it um that <laughs> <laughs> whatever his name is from the santa claus yeah from the santa claus uh david whatever uh, yep. yeah uh i'm keen yeah double thumbs up looks really 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 great came for this one limited
1: hbo series probably nominated for some emmys there you go yeah i'll give this two thumbs up i think it looks really fun even though it take tackling like a really important story. american moment in history uh it's weirdly like oh this is the the sequel to the post right this is the the watergate story that spielberg never got around to making um yeah, I think it looks really good. Justin Throw looks like he's playing a weird, wacky character. I'm sure Weary Harrison will play an equally weird and wacky character. I mean, the whole scene thing, thing with him putting his hand over a candle and it's like, what's the trick? No, there's no trick. He just gets third degree bounce for <laughs> single time. It's like, <laughs> freaking ridiculous. Um, yeah, it looks really good. The thing is, the, the only point is that song that they use towards the end of the trailer, I feel like has been used a lot recently. Yeah. I can't remember. Like the... Yeah. But yeah, other than that, I'm really looking forward to it. This is coming to Binge. Uh, We assume the 1st of May. It's releasing on HBO on the 1st of May, so we expect Binge around the same time, but there's no confirmed date. Next trailer, Asteroid City, directed by Wes Anderson, starring... Jason Swartzman, Scarlett <laughs> Johansson, Tom Hanks, Jeffrey Wright, Tilda Swinton, Brian Cranston, Edward Norton, Adrian Brody, Leigh Schreiber, Hope Davis, Steve Park, Rupert Friend, Maya Hawke, Steve Grell, Matt Dillon, Hong Chow, William Defoe, Margot Robbie, Tony Revolri, Jake Ryan and Jeff Goldblum. World-changing events spectacularly disrupt the itinerary of a junior stargazer slash space cadet convention in an American desert town circa 1955 what did you think of the trailer for Wes Anderson's latest film? Uh Double
0: thumbs up. Looks great. Obviously, it's a Wes Anderson film. I still need to actually go back and watch. Fucking, it just never came to cinema, and I still haven't got around to watching. Um... The fuck was that last one
1: called? The. <sighs> yeah, yeah,
0: that one. The French, <laughs> the French one, the French Dispatch. That's, That's it. Yes, I still haven't got around watching that. It was just it was just sort of completely flipped by me, but. Yeah, obviously, it looks like a Wes Anderson movie, which is the combination of weird, wacky characters, the um, the, the framing, the cinematography, the dialogue. Like, either like his movies or you don't. This I, There was a weird, when this trailer dropped, the weird, like, sort of conversation framing happening around, like, oh, another one of his movies. I'm like, yeah, his movies, like, come out every, like, two years, and he's the only person that does on his like style. <laughs> so how did fuck, like, if you don't like him, you don't like him, but don't act like there's... A million. This of them. is the
1: only choice of movies yeah, that you can have. Yeah, it's
0: just a very weird reaction to have. So, uh, yeah, some new people in here that we haven't seen before in a Wes Anderson movie, as well as a combination of people we see in every one of his movies. Uh, interesting
1: concept. Space. Yeah, double thumbs up. <laughs> yeah, this is double thumbs up from me. I think I love the aesthetic and like it, how it almost feels like a stage play at certain points, like yeah. with the, the, I know rock backgrounds or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah just the, the the idea of Wes Anderson doing like a kind of weirdly sci-fi movie about aliens yeah. is hilarious to me. Uh, <laughs> and it's playing exactly the way you would hope it would play out. Um, you know, Jason Sportsman, again, t- seems to be very much um, the main lead. The lead character, yeah. yeah. Long from what Scarlet, I can tell, I guess. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. And the the list of actors that you don't even see in the trailer, I think, is yeah. interesting. Uh, whether they're just full on cameos, or they are being hidden for some reason. Um, hopefully, you know, it's a you know, it's a massive ensemble. So I mean, it's it's a little bit worrying, but uh, especially when I'm hoping that the the kid storyline is also a key point uh, of that. You know, because obviously, Boyd Anderson does great young kid stories. You need only look at uh Yeah. What's the scouting one? <laughs> Can't remember. Uh so yeah. Very excited. This is coming to cinemas on twenty second of June. Looking forward to that. All right. Next trailer for this week, or oh, final trailer for this week, Blue Beetle, directed by Angel Manuel Soto, starring Zolo. Maduena, Adriana Bizar- Barraza, Barraza uh, Damien Alcazar, Elipida Carrillo, Bruna Macozin, Marquez, Raúl Max Trujillo, Susan Sarandon, and George Lopez. Mexican-American teenager Jaime Rias gains superpowers when a mysterious scarab binds to his spine and provides him with a powerful suit of blue alien armor. Dylan, what did you think of the trailer for the latest DC film, Blue Beetle? I
0: thought it looked pretty fun. Um, it's really weird. Like in retrospect, it's still even now after the trailer, I can't believe Blue Beetle is a real movie that's happening. To be completely honest, it's such a like just weird character to have yep. <laughs> being a live action movie. <laughs> I really I like, and I like blue beetle the like when any of the cartoons like i've read the i was reading a bunch of blue beetle there at one point when he at the start of new 52 i think there was a really good run i think yep. it was the start of new 52 uh that was quite enjoyable and everything else so i understand i wouldn't say like i'm a hardcore blue beetle fan but i've read enough that at least i have some idea like this and even watching this child i was like this is such a weird concept thing but anyway um <laughs> um cast looks great i like the family dynamic uh, I think the suit looked fine, a little bit too CGI is, but I guess that's the whole point to a degree. So it's hard. I don't know. I feel like I just need to meet in the middle with that one, but yeah, I'll, I'll go one. I'll go one up, one down. I really like the yeah. I really like the cast. I really like the family dynamic and then being heavily involved. But everything else, like the just general superheroish stuff, just still looks like typical. Just like very me- mediocre. You know, like. Typical origin story stuff. So, yeah, I'll go one at one down.
1: Uh, I'm going to go two thumbs up. I think it looks good. Yeah. Uh, my my thing is, like, this, him in the suit doesn't match the voice that he's delivering. Like, he gets super pumped up inside while he's doing that weird uh, buster sword movement thing at the end of the trailer. Yeah. Um, and I don't love the, the POV inside the from the, inside the suit i don't you know i think the design wise it doesn't look fantastic but um uh, i guess you have to find a way to differentiate yourself from iron man which is what it's clearly going yeah, to be compared to, hard to do. uh is iron man except he you know can produce weapons and force fields and shit you know <laughs> um yeah I, otherwise i think it looks really fun and uh you know the fa- uh, the family unit looks really good. I think they're all freaking out during the transformation scene, uh, is pretty hardcore. Um, and yeah, I think it, it'll be a pretty fun time. Um, surprise! Of course, this is the film that was meant to be released as a streaming project. Yeah. on HBO Max is now getting a full release, um, which is weird. Usually goes the opposite way. Girl, but, yeah. uh, so they must mean
0: they they believe in it. Like we a weirdly really high amount.
1: Yeah. So yeah, I'm definitely keen uh to check this out. So Blue Beetle is coming to cinemas on the seventeenth of August. Uh all right, let's move into this week's top three. Definitely in the top three. Uh and because Star Wars celebration is about to happen in London this coming weekend, this week's top three is top three hosts for Star Wars celebration. Uh all right, Dylan, what's your number three?
0: Number three, as I recheck my list, uh, I went with the Acolyte trailer for number three. So, mm. I mean, I feel like this is the given, but the Acolyte is this series that's set during the High Republic time period. Um, we're going to have some Sith action and stuff like that. It's the first live action thing that we've got for that time period. Uh, I mean, it's the first thing we've got for that time period aside from the anime series that's coming out on May 4th, I guess outside of comic books and books and novels and stuff. Uh, and that's a kids, very young kids series anyway. So that's a bit weirder, but yeah. Acolyte looks really, really great. Everything about it's just made it sound like such a new, interesting direction exploring a completely different era of star wars that we're so used to looking at now which is either set around episode four or before episode four uh or where the mandalorian is set which is you know before episode seven between episode six and stuff so yeah very very keen I'm, I'm i'm keen for this trailer hopefully all
1: right uh my number three is clear film plans let us know what you're actually doing on the film front uh it seems like ever since what we keep hearing all these directors making it Star Wars film. Uh, are they? What what is a clear timeline on these sort of things? Um even if it's like, hey, we haven't got any concrete plans uh going forward, we'll let you know at next year's Star Wars celebration. Just uh just shut down a lot of these rumors that are spreading around, you know? What's Taika doing? Is he making that Star Wars movie? What's this uh, movie that Damon Lindorff just jumped off? Is that thing what's happening with Rogue Squadron, let us know. So, yeah, that would be my number three hope. Dylan, what is your number two?
0: My number two is news, teaser, trailer, anything that's to do with Andor season two.
1: So just anything.
0: Just tell me when that's happening. <laughs> tell me when I can watch it. Give me a little bit of something. Don't give me something. Show a little bit of something to the audience. Give them some hints. I don't know. Anything that lets me know roughly when I can watch this as our favorite show of last year.
1: my number two more projects like Star Wars Visions Uh, obviously we love Star Wars Visions season one we're very keen for season two give us other weird interesting projects from the Star Wars universe Uh, whether it's like weird short films live action short films exploring different aspects uh, other weird crazy animated projects give us the last Ronin uh, novel adaptation. (laughs) No just just go wild, you know give us some give us some crazy left field stuff that's what that's my number two hope, Dylan, what's your number one hope for Star Wars celebration?
0: Number one hope is just one movie <laughs> one <laughs> one movie goes to cinemas. it's a thing it's not gonna get cancelled. It's just, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's set, it's not set during episode four. And it's, not, it's a, it's just, it's a new, new characters, a time period that I'm not sick of. It's going to get released in 2025. It's a real movie. I can watch it in a cinema chair at a cinema. Star Wars movies. What a concept. Bring it back.
1: Yeah. Uh, my number one, Skeleton Crew trailer. Yeah. I think we've, kind of cover the gamut of what potentially could be uh, announced Uh, obviously it apparently has been shot last year so you know the footage is there Mm. Um, yeah kind of give us an idea of what the show is and uh, when we're going to get it so that would be my number one hope for Star Wars Celebration Uh, so what are the plans to cover Star Wars Celebration this weekend Dill are we going to talk about it on Holocron entries correct that's it So subscribe to Holocorn Entries uh, and listen to our Bad Batch episodes while you're there. Or even our Mandalorian episodes while you're on the podcast feed waiting for it to update with our coverage of Star Wars Celebration. Uh, Dylan, this week,
0: what do you want to watch? This week, I want to watch the Super Mario Bros movie. Who doesn't? You know, point me at someone who does This Tell me this isn't your pick right now
1: this is my pick so i
0: mean
1: (laughs) it's yeah all the buzz so far has been like pretty positive uh especially from people who are invested in the video game side uh there's been a little bit more mixed on the actual film critic side so uh what do they know (laughs) yeah what did they know (laughs)
0: uh uh, my second but pick, yeah. though, if I, so if I'm going Super Mario Bros for my movie pick, and I'm going to continue with this thing, this is just how it works now, my TV show pick would be Beef, the Netflix series about people wanting
1: Beef. to fight each other. <laughs> yes. The car rage. Uh, yeah, that would be my two picks as well. But, you know, shout out to Pope's Exorcist. For some reason, that film has uh, something gotten to my mind. Absolutely trash. <laughs> just, yeah brought up for some reason post-axis yeah might be Russell Crowe talking about it <laughs> in <Wrestling. laughs> smart sponsoring smart sponsor smart product placement really even you're, you're such a that.
0: sucker for WWE that they've tricked you into being like, excited <laughs> for a horror movie <laughs> fucking hell no I'm not going to watch it this
1: <laughs> all right uh, let us know what you're excited to watch this week um, what your top three things you want to see at Star Wars Celebration are uh, and anything about any of the news stories we talked about this week by going to explosion.com slash twitter or jump into our discord at explosion.com slash discord uh if you want to help us out here at what i want to watch leave us a review on apple podcast on Podchaser. leave us five stars Any anyway, we can leave five stars or just tell people about the show and if you've enjoyed this episode thoughts worth a dollar head on up to our code page at explosion.com slash support thank you very much for listening until next time keep watching stuff i guess